Nice and too nice to tortoise. Start the hour and the gorillas uh, up on Melancholy Hill. Yeah, I've been up there and down the other side, so no worries. Which brings us on to our next item. Uh, the phrases no worries, deep dive and at the end of the day should be banished from everyday speech for good, according to university. Uh, the list of the top ten worst offending words and phrases were compiled by judges at Lake Superior State University in the United States. And the number one offender was... Wait, what? Must be an Americanism. <laughs> Must be. Uh, most frequently found in text or on social media, this ubiquitous imperative in question was considered a failed response to a statement to express astonishment, misunderstanding or disbelief. What? I started using that on my daughter now. Oh, have you? Because she keeps what? saying, what? That's how you say, he invented, invented the steam, steam engine. engine. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank <laughs> uh, my father. <laughs> the two, well, it's nice to see it passing down the generations, isn't it? Uh, the two four letter words should not go together under any circumstances, according to many of those who nominated phrases and the contest judges from the LSSU English Department. One nominator said, I don't want to wait, while another simply said, I hate it. Seven of the ten words and terms on the list are uh, conversational based, while the other three apply to coronavirus. Peter Zatamari, a marketing and communications executive director of the university, said most people speak through informal discourse. Most people shouldn't misspeak through informal discourse. Now, that's the distinction nominators far and wide made, and our judges agreed with them. Uh, the university has compiled an annual banished words list since 1976 to uphold, protect and support excellence in language by encouraging avoidance of words and terms that are overworked, redundant, oxymoronic, clichéd, illogical, nonsensical and otherwise ineffective, baffling or irritating. Previous offenders have included classic, gonna ride a classic, bromance, user-friendly and COVID-19. So here is the top 10 in reverse order. Number 10, supply chain. When do you say supply chain? Well, it's always coming up in business, isn't it? Oh, right, OK, so that's not allowed. Problems with the global supply chain. Right. Uh, number nine, you're on mute. <laughs> number eight, new normal. What is the new normal? Number seven, deep dive. Number six, circle back. <laughs> Okay. Number five, I'm asking for a friend. Right. Four, that being said. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. Three is that old chestnut at the end of oh, the day. Oh, I like that one. Do you? I don't oh, know. that old chestnut. It's lazy. <laughs> In the fullness of time. <laughs> Number two, no worries. It's an Australianism. I quite like no worries, yeah. actually. Yeah. And number one is wait what, which I've wait never heard what? of before. No. Wait what? Wait what? <laughs> no. No. Surely not. As long as we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Hat trick so far this You're week. You're doing very well. Can yeah. I make it the whole uh, week? I think no, you might. The kiss of just, death on it no, now. you won't. No. Question number one. On this day in 1991, Iron Maiden went to number one in the UK charts with which single? Is it Run to the Hills? No. Number of the Beast? <laughs> no. no. I don't know. Something to do about your daughter. Don't put your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Mrs. Worthington. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an Iron Maiden fan at all, so I have no Bring clue. Bring your daughter to the slaughter. Oh, I have heard of 1991. it. 1991. Right. I have got it. Number one in the UK. Is that one of your favourites? No, I can't stand it. Uh, question number two. <laughs> True or false, Kurt Cobain's first job was as a swimming instructor at the YMCA? True. Correct. 
And finally, Ian Brown from the Stone Roses says that his first gig he went to see was Joy Division at the age of 14. What was the title of their highest charting single? What? Stone Joy, Roses no, or Joy, Joy Division? Division. Um, Love Will Tear Us Apart. Correct. Yeah. Oh, two out of three, not bad. Well, um... I thought you might have got the Iron Maiden no, one because well, it was number one. And... Yeah, no, but I was here. You were here. I was here. Yeah. And you didn't have... We, in 1991, we didn't have access to... There was no... To the UK. I think there was satellite <laughs> TV, but I don't think the BBC was on it. So, and you couldn't listen to the radio because there was no internet. No, you didn't know what was going on. All you had was the, um, the BBC World Service. And they wouldn't wave. have played "Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter." Well, probably, I, did, I think they? they did have a kind of a top of the top of the pop style program on the BBC World Service at that time, but I don't remember it. Yeah. I do, I do remember it, but as I said, I'm not an Iron Maiden fan. I much prefer Joy Division. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the South of France. Sarah Lysa has the top stories across the Riviera. French President Emmanuel Macron has faced strong criticism from political opponents after warning on Tuesday that he intends to make life difficult for people in France who have not been vaccinated against Covid. Macron told Le Parisien newspaper, I really want to hassle them and we will continue to do this to the end. But political opponents have said that the strong language he used in the interview was not worthy of a president. And the bill, which would bar unvaccinated people from much of public life in France, was suspended for a second consecutive day at the National Assembly on Tuesday by opposition MPs uniting against the government. The legislation was expected to be approved in a vote this week. MPs have, however, raised the threshold required for the vaccination pass to 16 instead of 12. The amendment was adopted almost unanimously with 386 votes in favour and two against. France has one of the highest Covid vaccination rates in the EU, with more than 90% of the adult population double-jabbed. On Tuesday, a new record number of COVID cases were declared in France with 271,686 positive screening tests in 24 hours. That's according to data from Public Health France. The highest figure to date was on December the 31st when it stood at 232,000 cases. Faced with the increase in cases, the pressure in hospitals continues to increase. 20,186 patients were hospitalised due to COVID on Monday. In total, 3,665 patients are currently in critical care. That's 299 more than the day before. Meanwhile, here in Monaco, an 86-year-old resident who tested positive for COVID has died. Since the start of the COVID health crisis, 40 people living in the principality have died after being infected with the virus. The prince's government reiterates the importance of being vaccinated against COVID and the prince's government expresses its most sincere condolences to the families and loved ones of the victim and assures them of its full support in these painful times. 108 new positive cases of COVID have been identified in Monaco on Tuesday. The number of residents affected since the beginning of the health crisis now stands at 5,397. 45 people are currently in hospital and six other patients, including a resident, are being treated in intensive care. 327 people are being followed by the Home Monitoring Centre. 
As announced last week, the Princely government is launching a major screening campaign for COVID as people return to work and school. 50,000 self-COVID tests have been made available to companies in the Principality in order to provide each employee with a free test. And company bosses are invited to make the request online through the service, which was activated on Tuesday morning. The address is available at rivieradio.mc under this morning's news section. According to the Hospital of Marseille, a new variant of COVID has been discovered in their establishment on a patient returning from Cameroon. According to hospital management, 12 people are now positive with the variant. French researchers have declared the discovery made three weeks ago for the variant that they've named IHU. In a pre-study, they explain that the patient carrying this variant, vaccinated against COVID, returned from a trip to Cameroon and then developed mild symptoms the day before the diagnosis. Uh, researchers say that for the time being, due to lack of evidence, there is nothing to say about the variant and its impact on the epidemic in France or around the world, adding that for the moment, Omicron and Delta are the dominant variants in France. In other news this Wednesday morning, the mayor of Saint-Charmaz in the Bouches de Rhône has asked school directors to ban students from going outside during playtime and has closed outdoor sports centres due to air pollution caused by a fire at a recycling centre which occurred 10 days ago. The inhabitants of Saint-Chamaz and the surrounding area have been suffering the consequences of the blaze which mobilised 60 firefighters. Saint-Germain is a town of about 8,000 inhabitants on the banks of the Etang de Bair, about 50 kilometres from Marseille. Finally, the 88th Lemon Festival of Monton has been partially cancelled. The City Council made the announcement on Tuesday evening, saying that parades will be cancelled but other activities have been maintained. The festival had already been shortened in 2020 and cancelled in 2021 due to the health crisis. Meanwhile, the Mayor of Nice, uh, Christian Estrosi, has confirmed that the Nice Carnival, scheduled for the 11th to the 27th of February, will go ahead. Riviera Radio, Sports News. This has been partially cancelled or squashed. <laughs> no. How do you partially cancel a festival? Well, the parades, I guess, where there are large gatherings, but there'll be other activities available to some of the public. You only get a half a lemon? Yeah. Mm. Uh, cricket day, one of the fourth tests between Australia and England in Sydney, with rain affecting much of the day's play. Australia won the toss, so they decided to bat. They'd reached 56 for one when the rain stopped play, but they have now resumed. David Warner, the only man out so far, caught Crawley bowled broad for 30. Meanwhile, Australia have moved on to 108 for one. Uh, Marcus Labuschagne, 22 not out, and Marnus, Marcus Harris, 37 not out. Uh, it's uh, local time uh, 25 to 6, so I shouldn't think there'll be much more play today. And there are still some showers around as well. India leads South Africa by 58 runs, heading into the third day of the second test in Johannesburg. On day two, South Africa were bowled out for 229 in their first innings, with the tourists reaching 85 for two at stumps in their second innings. Football, Chelsea plays Spurs at Stamford Bridge tonight in the semi-final first leg of the English League Cup. The match will see the return of Antonio Conte to Chelsea for the first time since he ended his spell as manager in 2018. Meanwhile, Liverpool have asked for their semi-final against Arsenal on Thursday to be postponed because of a coronavirus outbreak at the club. Liverpool cancelled training on Tuesday with several new cases of the virus being detected in players and staff. It's Klopp. He's given them all coronavirus. Yeah, I know. Sad, isn't it? Yeah. Here's more from BBC Sports. 
BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Andy Barwell at the BBC Sports Centre. Boss Thomas Tuchel says Romelu Lukaku has apologised for giving a controversial interview to an Italian TV station and will return to the Chelsea squad for their next game. In the interview recorded in mid-December but aired only last week, Lukaku revealed he would like to return to Inter Milan in the near future and said he wasn't happy with his role at Chelsea. Well, Tuchel believes that Lukaku is fully committed to the Stamford Bridge Club. He, he's an emotional guy. He, is a, he, he does not hold back with his opinion. So also credit to that. And, and sometimes he carries his heart on, on his tongue. And we should not uh, just blame him and just, just point on, on, on the negative side of, of it. We have to adapt now to the situation and it created some noise that, that you normally absolutely don't want and this is clearly understood, but there are zero doubts in, in his commitment and uh, to the team and to the club. Liverpool have requested the postponement of Thursday's League Cup semi-final first leg at Arsenal after further cases of coronavirus within the squad forced Tuesday's training to be cancelled. The request was submitted after the latest round of testing found more cases within the first-team bubble. It comes days after manager Jurgen Klopp and players Alison Becker, Roberto Firmino and Joel Matip were forced to miss Sunday's Premier League draw at Chelsea. Southampton have been taken over by a company backed by the Serbian media mogul Dragan Solak. Southampton have confirmed that Sport Republic has bought an 80% stake in the club. Newcastle United have agreed a fee of over $16 million plus add-ons with Atletico Madrid for the England fullback Kieran Trippier. And Everton have signed Scotland fullback Nathan Patterson. For more football news on the BBC, go to bbc.com/football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. He's quite diplomatic, Thomas Tuchel, isn't he? Uh, so why is he not happy at Chelsea then? I don't know. More like Lukaku than Lukaku. What about Messi? Is he going back to Barcelona? Oh, shouldn't think so. I mean, it's if you read the um, the BBC's daily gossip column on the football, I mean, I'd love to have that job working for a red top, you know, writing their football stories, because they just make them up. <laughs> they do just literally... I mean, it must be, because... You see this story and think, you know, uh, Zinedine Zidane to take over at Manchester United and then, you know, it's, it all goes quiet after a couple of days. But I uh, wasn't quite sure what Thomas Tuchel was saying when uh, Lukaku wears his heart, his heart on his tongue. Didn't he mean I think sleeve? He, his, yeah, but he said his heart on his tongue, which could have been quite nasty if he got that sharp <laughs> elbow from Sadio Mane. You know, he could have been in real trouble. Uh, finally, tennis world number one Novak Djokovic will defend his Australian Open title despite, despite being unvaccinated after being granted a medical exemption. The decision by Australian Open chief Craig Tiley has raised some eyebrows, but he says that Djokovic has not been granted any favours. Under the entry rules, all players and staff attending the tournament must be vaccinated or have an exemption granted by an independent medical panel. Tennis Australia says the world number one has been granted an exemption after a rigorous review process involving two separate independent panels of medical experts. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Almaracim and Navarre. The general situation is a depression 1,012 millibars over the Gulf of Lyon, with the Talweg extending from the Balearics to the Côte d'Azur. Uh, winds are southwesterly, force 2 to 4. The sea is slight. Visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Saint Jean Cap Ferrat 1,010 millibars. And the Alec for Thursday. Clear skies, force 3 to 5. Variable winds, slight to moderate seas, and good visibility. 
For North Course, Kerwin's are southwesterly, force 5 to 7, the sea is moderate to rough. Visibility is good, barometric pressure cap course 1,011 millibars, and the Alec for Thursday. Uh, cloudy, force 7 to gale, force 8 southwesterly winds, rough seas and good visibility. Riviera Radio, weather. Partially cloudy today with a moderate to strong mistile across the VAR. Temperatures 12 to 14 degrees. Overnight lows 8 to 11 degrees with some thunderstorms and rain forecast for the Almaracine. Thursday and Friday mainly fine with highs of 10 to 13 degrees. Finally. Skateboarding in middle age helps people navigate depression, bond with their children and gain spiritual meaning, meaning rather, according to a recent study. Now, Dr Paul O'Connor, a researcher from the University of Exeter, has interviewed skateboarders at home and abroad and analysed media articles for his new study. And he found that aside from the beneficial physical benefits, taking part in skateboarding alleviates mental health issues and gives profound meaning in a spiritual sense. Uh, skateboarding gives middle-aged people, those between the ages of 40 and 60, access to a community and an identity as separate from other parts of their lives. The popularity of this lifestyle sport is increasing since the first COVID lockdown. That's thanks in part to its new status as an Olympic sport since last year. It made its Olympic debut at the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo, which went ahead last year after being delayed for 12 months. And it was, of course, Sky Brown, the world's youngest professional skateboarder at 13, who became Team GB's youngest Olympic medalist ever when she won a skateboarding bronze in Tokyo. And did you know that the first skateboards created in California... Well, they would have suited me down to the ground. They had handles to make them easier to handle. Green cryptonics, that's what it's all about. I got into trouble for skateboarding at college once. Did you? Yeah, because there was this long corridor inside. You're not supposed to do it inside. With a flight of steps. Oh, and then another long corridor. And the trick was to get up a really good lick of speed. So you went over the edge... The board carried you down the floor over the flight of steps, Dead. and you landed on the bottom and went whiz down the end of the corridor. And I nearly sent the vice principal flying, and uh, <laughs> was given a severe telling off. Oh, we only well. did it at the end of end of end of, uh, of college, you know, when when the corridors were quiet. When you wouldn't have to go back. Well, that's another story. 